So here we are, guys, the penultimate episode of The Falcon, The Winter Soldier. Let's get into talking about it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Morning, where today I'm going to be discussing episode five of The Falcon, The Winter Soldier, entitled Truth. And I'm going to be going into deep, a lot of spoilers in this review. There is so much in this episode, just like we've had with the whole show. There's so much going on every episode. There's so many things that tie into core comic origins I want to go into, especially a particular character, which I don't think a lot of people noticed. And there's a lot in this episode. It's definitely, I guess, going into it now already. So I guess if you haven't seen episode five of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, click away now. We are getting into spoilers. Overall thoughts, I absolutely loved it. It's not the perfect episode yet, I think. Maybe I might prefer last week's, but this one was definitely the one that I think touched me the most on an emotional level. While last week, I think I had more of everything that the show wants to do. But this this episode de- delves into some more the most more interesting stuff, and it's definitely the more, more it's definitely the more of like a slow burn episode compared to last week's, which is moving at this really good pace. Not saying this didn't move at a good pace. I'm just saying it moved at a much slower pace. But I think that was to the effect of what they wanted to do get across with its thematic elements. And messaging as well as the storyline of particular characters. And I absolutely, I so overall, I've loved pretty much every episode of the series. Episode one, you know, it was so personal. It was just so unexpectedly touching, and it was just phenomenal. Episode two was a really nice follow up, but I think looking back, I think it's probably the weakest episode, just because I feel like it just felt a little too thin, maybe in terms of storyline. Maybe not enough happened. Episode 3 was just completely action-packed. It was so many cool locations and stuff, and kind of the look of it stood out. Episode 4 had a mix of everything, the, the, like, in the heart-pounding moments as well as the action and as well as like all the characters pretty much make an appearance. While this episode is more slow burn, kind of taking, really diving into different characters. So with that said, starting from now, we are getting into spoilers. So getting in now into the actual recap or breakdown kicking off this episode we had a fight scene which we were expecting because they dropped like a mid-season trailer where the only tease of what's coming up they actually gave us was a fight between uh the um captain america and versus bucky and sam and that's exactly what they kick off this episode with so i guess it was perfect to show in the trailer and it's contending it's it's a contender for one of my favorite fight scenes of the series and there's been so many but this was just this one had a lot more like just emotion in it rather than you know like for example the one we had like in the docks that one was just a really cool action but there you didn't really feel anything that's kind of what that scene needed so it's you know there's different scenes have different intentions but this one really was trying to this one was really trying to hit at you because you you come to know um the character of john walker but you know that what he did Last week, which was pretty much kill, which was pretty much uh, when he killed, when he killed, um, when he killed uh, the other, the Flag Smasher. That was obviously a really powerful scene because we had this character build up and he did something kind of out of line, even though Lamar, his buddy, was killed this time. He's fighting Bucky and Sam. So it's kind of like we're rooting for our heroes, but you can kind of see that they're trying, maybe pushing a little too hard to try and get the shield, but obviously he's super dangerous, and I'm obviously on the side of Bucky and Sam. 
I love the two. I love our two leads, but I also love Wyatt Russell's performance. But I'm not a fan of the character. But that's definitely because they made him work so well. Because from the way the character has been written and you know made for the show, you're meant to hate him. And the fact that we do means they're doing a great job at doing that. And Wyatt Russell is doing a terrific job. And I love the fight. And I loved how Sam uses his jetpack to get the shield back. And it ends with I'm pretty sure. Why, uh, John Walker breaking his arm when you know they team up to pretty much take him out, and after this, um, they take the shield and you know obviously like I said he broke he breaks his arm, but then they meet up with Joaquin Torres, who's the character from the first episode who hasn't appeared in four weeks pretty much, which is odd because I thought we'd get a lot more of him. And since the wings are broken, Sam's wings are broken from his fight with Captain America, since you know he has super soldiers, he pulls off his shields. I'm not shield pulls off his wings. He leaves the wings with Joaquin Torres, so that's clearly a um, that's clearly kind of a hint at him becoming Falcon. So we didn't know walk the character of Joaquin Torres. I guess maybe potential like spoilers for upcoming you know things Marvel are doing. Just skip a few seconds. Joaquin Torres is meant to become the Falcon, and he, he's, I'm pretty sure, like, the latest Falcon in the comics, he's not the one going on right now, but he's the latest, newest one introduced, so, that's gotta be some, there's gotta be something there with him, and kind of, them setting him up to be a Falcon in the future, and I like the character, but I just don't think we've had enough for us to be invested in that happening to him, and Bucky kind of heads out, but I'm not gonna get into that now, because I wanna talk about it after, I talk about John Walker, and I think I'm going to break this into character segments just to make it easier. So first, I'll talk about John Walker. So John Walker, what he's doing here is basically he obviously gets discharged. He's taken out of being Captain America, but Wyatt Russell does such a great job of kind of showing why he believes he still should be Captain America. He pretty much says, I'm Captain America, and the, the government's just like, no. And he's just, he's not, you know... They're not issuing a court-martial, which is because he's done way too much for the country for them to do something like that. So they're just kind of discharging him from the duty of Captain America, but he's not going to go to prison or anything because he's just done too much for the country. But he still believes he's Captain America. And when he heads out of the you know, little courtroom session they have, this is where we get our cameo from a Marvel Comics character that people were sort of hyping up. I saw this a few days ago where it was being reported that a famous Marvel Comics character who's never been introduced will be introduced here. And I was I was hoping, you know, just you know, from the Daredevil fan inside of me, was hoping maybe we'd get Wilson Fisk, because I feel like it would be such a cool choice to just make him the power broker, which we'll talk about the power broker a little later. But it turns out it's actually Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus playing a Marvel Comics character of Valentina Fontaine. And I know she has like a middle name, but I'm just gonna go with that. And she is pretty much formerly in the comics, she's Madame Hydra, and she was once part of Hydra, but he's, she was kind of a double agent. She was also working with S.H.I.E.L.D., and then almost a triple agent, because then she's go, she goes back to working with S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's a very, in my opinion, like deep-cut Marvel Comics character, not someone that I think just general fans will really know. And I think it was kind of weird that it was being reported that it was going to be like this really big thing, because she, they got a great actress in Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but the character is definitely a more low-key character. And I like that they're doing that with these Disney Plus shows, where... They're subverting our expectations, not by not having characters showing up, but rather getting, like, the more deep-cut, like, um, surprising turns and getting in, like, the more smaller Marvel Marvel Comics characters who maybe may never get a chance in the movies. However, I think she could be key to potentially Marvel 
maybe like setting up a Thunderbolts team, or maybe even like uh, making Hydra again, making like a second Hydra, because she's obviously trying to recruit John Walker for something, and maybe whether it's gonna be a Thunderbolts team, although I, I doubt they'll put U.S. Agent on a Thunderbolts team, but they might be trying to like set up a new version of Hydra, and maybe U.S. Agent is set to lead that the way that Captain America was kind of the head, like kind of the persona at the top of S.H.I.E.L.D., not necessarily like, you know, the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I feel like it could be something like that that they're trying to do here, maybe, that Marvel want to do, maybe if they want to do like a U.S. agent series, and that's definitely teased in the mid-credit credit scene, which I'll get into. But that's kind of what's going on with John Walker, and I think the other time we see Amir is he tries to get closure by going to see Lamar or Battlestar's parents, and he actually lies to them about what happened he he tells them to kind of i guess cover his butt is that the person that he killed i guess it was nico i believe is his name was the person who killed lamar when really we know that carly was the one who killed lamar so that's obviously him trying to save his own like save his own name but also to kind of not make him look bad in front of lamar's parents and he's kind of really offering to help and it just it clearly just isn't working out for him and we get we do see john walker i believe just one more time that is in the end credit scene so i'll get into that after i discuss mr bucky barnes so now let's get into talk about that scene where we have zemo at the sokovia memorial which he visits which he referenced earlier so once they showed that in like the previously on segment it was obviously it was going to come back into play and it does so we have zemo going to visit and bucky obviously knew that he was going to do this, obviously from hinting at the last week's episode. And Bucky goes there, and you think that... And they have a really great scene. I love Daniel Bruhl and Sebastian Stan, how they play off each other. And I'd love to see more of them, maybe in a movie down the line, maybe like in a movie wrapping up Zemo's arc in the MCU, because he's just such a... You know, I just love his presence a lot more in this show than I have, than I did in Civil War. But there is a part of the scene I was, a little, I was quite disappointed by, but I'll talk about that. It's kind of the end of the scene. But I loved the rapport they have, kind of like the will he shoot him. So he brings out the gun, and he pulls the trigger, but we do find out that it was just, he already, he'd already taken the bullets out. And it was a really nice scene, but it was pretty obvious in the trailer. You see Bucky dropping the bullets in front of him. And we learned that Bucky made the right choice and called Dormilaje from, you know, Wakanda to come in and capture him because, well, they killed, uh, he killed their king. So they, he, they come in and... And pretty much captures Zemo. And then Bucky actually asks them for another favor. But we're not revealed what that favor is until later in the episode. But I'll talk about it now. So basically the favor is to make Sam a new pair of wings. Or like a new suit essentially. And that's really cool that it's going to be made out of vibranium obviously. Being from Wakanda. But I love this scene. But the main thing I was disappointed by was I felt like the way that again. This is the second time this happened. Last week's episode the way Zemo exited the main story of the episode didn't really work, but the fact that they brought him back kind of made me forgive that. But the way that he just gets captured by the Wakandans without, like, anything going on, luckily it was in a great scene that preceded that. But I just felt it was a little bit of a disappointing end to his character on the show because he seems like the only party or character on the show who won't be appearing in the finale. And while do, although I think that that fits the story, he's not some, like, action... He's not like an action man or anything. He just, like for a character who the fans have loved so much on the show, and it's been so much fun to watch, it was kind of a anticlimactic exit, maybe you could say, but I think that 
but the scene was so good before that that it's hard to say that you know it was a really bad end for his character on the show. But I do hope that that's not all we get to see of him in the MCU because I feel like he still has a lot more that he could do. Continuing on, let's talk about what Sam does. So Sam obviously t- took the shield from after his fight with John Walker at the very beginning of the episode, even before like you know the Falcon, the Winter Soldier title card appears, and he takes them. He takes it to, I believe it was Maryland where they go, but they he they go to he goes to talk to Isaiah Bradley, who was the first black super soldier who we learned about in you know like. We learned about an episode two with Bucky. That was an awesome scene they had there. And this scene may have topped that. And I think the the pure acting on the scene was phenomenal by both guys, Anthony Mackie and obviously also Isaiah Bradley is so good in this scene. In that like the, it's a lot more subtle Isaiah Bradley is in this in this scene than he is, you know, in the last episode where, you know, he kinda just like went off on Sam and Bucky, but it's so powerful and we learn a bit about why Sam kind of goes there offering the shield, but he doesn't want it. And he explains what went wrong and that he was trying to save his crew because they were just going to be burnt pretty much. And while with doing that, he faced consequences for trying to be the hero, saving his team. And I loved how we got a bit more about of his backstory. And this is a scene that I've seen a lot of people talking about as like, you know, being like a standout scene of the episode. And I definitely agree, definitely from an emotional standpoint. It's the scene that hits you the hardest because you just feel like what the show is really trying to get at with with its thematic elements and what it's trying to touch in terms of you know like real world issues and they're definitely doing a fantastic job because I feel like if you're like someone who can relate to like you know just the you know whether it's the race or anything like that this is a scene that kind of humanizes just the there's kind of the the stage of being a superhero and I loved how deep it got and it was such a powerful scene like I was just shook for the whole scene because it it was performed so well and that's why I feel like it was written so well written in like a way that made everything flow and Sam from this kind of like has this really negative view on the government and just America in general that kind of takes through and but his sister kind of tries to help him get over that afterwards so it's a phenomenal scene. So continuing on, Sam basically pretty much goes home to where I believe he's from the South. So he goes home, we see his sister again and his nephews, and it's great. And basically this portion of the episode is kind of devoted to him trying to fix their boat that he, him and his sister, formerly their parents, had. And they call in a bunch of favors because a lot of people owe them. But surprisingly what happens is Bucky comes in, obviously with his metallic arm. He's going to be a big help with carrying you know, stuff and all that. You know, it's just the strength that he has. So I love how he I love how he plays into the scene. I love that he does. I love that we got to see more of him. I thought this was gonna be like an extremely Sam focused episode, and we weren't gonna see him at all after that tense Zemo encounter he had in on, in the Sokovia Memorial, which I would have been a little disappointed by because I've absolutely loved Sebastian Stan in this series. I feel like some of the best stuff he's done, and he's been in the MCU pretty much longer than Chris Evans because. He joined the same time as him, and he's still here 10 years later. So that's that's great for him, and I love how he's now finally getting the shine that I think he was kind of promised, probably, I'm guessing. So I love Sebastian Stan as Bucky, and I thought he was great. But basically, in here, he comes in to help fix the boat. But basically, the main purpose of this whole segment is to kind of have Sam trying to get over you know his issues that he has and trying to have 
Bucky's trying to make him fully become Captain America. And his sister talks him into it. And Bucky actually comes in with, like, a case. And obviously in there was going to be, like, a new Falcon suit, which was a favor he called from the Wakandans. So he doesn't open that at the start, but he has a conversation. We even get that scene where they're in the backyard of Sam's, of his sister's house. And he's just throwing the shield around, like, you know, practicing and all that. And this is a scene where pretty much, but we see Bucky even have some of those issues where he, he feels like he's, he's relied, like Sam feels like Bucky's relied too much on what other people have said about him, what he should do, especially Steve. And Sam talks a little bit about how, you know, whatever, whatever Steve thought, Steve thought, he's not here anymore. And he feels like what your own judgment is the best judgment you can get from anyone. And I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I love how they're getting into that. Like, although Steve Rogers, Captain America was this big personality he's my favorite character in the mcu ever he has this like gravitas about him it doesn't mean he's always right and i think the kind of the main theme they're trying to support here is that just go with your own heart and bucky's obviously been really struggling with yeah you know trying to redeem himself because he was the winter soldier he wants to talk to a bunch of the people that he formerly affected while he was the winter soldier but the thing is he's just trying to make himself feel better but he can't really make himself feel better without making those people feel better. So it's kind of, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword that happens. So he, that's really the issue that he's trying to resolve. And I guess he's going to talk to more of the people. And there's even that storyline at the end of the first episode, which they didn't wrap up with him, where we get him and, you know, that old man, where he, you know, he obviously killed his son in like a flashback scene. I'm guessing that would be one of the ending scenes of the show to kind of round out his character a bit. But, you know, it's, you know it, was some, it was some really great stuff. And after this, Bucky does leave to kind of go do that. And we get an awesome training montage, Rocky style, in this scene where Sam's in the forest working out. He's running, throwing the shield around, except instead of, like, you know, obviously, like, a Rocky theme. We have the theme for the show playing, which I'm a little mixed on. I feel like the theme is starts off really cool, but then it gets really generic halfway through. And I have the same problem with the theme for Civil War. So I don't... But overall, I've really liked what Henry Jackman's done with the series pretty much besides the main theme. So that's a little odd. But I love this montage and that it just feels like a Rocky training montage. And you can just feel like the producers just being inspired by them. They wanted to do something like that to really get us in. And he decides to... He decides pretty much to take up the mantle of the shield. And the final shot of the episode prior to the end credit scene is... Um, Sam opening that briefcase that Bucky gave him, but we don't see what's inside it. And that's obviously what he's planning to wear when he heads to New York, where in the center of New York is where the finale will take place. And that's great because that's also firstly a callback to the Avengers, which released nine years ago now. So that's like a st- like that's like just an important point in the MCU. So I love how we're going back there. So that's why they're obviously doing that in New York. But what they're why he's going there? So we don't get to see the suit. But I have a high hope, so it'll be fantastic. But and why we're going there is that they're doing a, I believe, CBR meeting, like a vote. I don't remember what it was for. But it's kind of like Carly and the Flag Smashers are going to use this as an opportunity to, I guess, like kill a bunch of people. I don't know. I still don't fully understand, and I can't really grasp their motivation. I'm still not into them as villains. But what we, what's cool is we get Batroc the Leaper, who's... You know, the character from Cap- first scene of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And he was in the first episode of this, I believe. And he wants revenge on the Falcon for what happened in that episode. So he comes in and it 
he comes in and he he comes in and he pretty much wants to render the Falcon, but in, instead of he, he he's supposed to help them with their cause. But Batroc actually has like no he really just doesn't care about what they're doing. So that's kind of the difference. But what I want to tell you about Batroc is that earlier in the episode, I don't know if it was right it was actually like what was going on in the scene that made me guys, but I believe Sharon Carter was on the phone. And I don't know if they ever revealed who was on there, but I think it was implied with you just see that it was Batrock, meaning that Sharon and Batrock do have a connection. Maybe. Now, there's two ways that I think this could go. One is Sharon is, in fact, the power broker, which is the direction I don't want them to go because there's so many things you can do with that character. So many, like, routes you can take, whether, you know, you want to make him Wilson Fist, like I suggested, or introduce a whole new character, which I'd love, and just, you know, have Sharon Carter kind of do what she's been doing in this ep- in like this series, which is great in episode three. But so the, either she's the power broker and she just has so much, you know, so much, you know, connections that she can, you know, find him and, you know, she will, she want either she's a power broker and she's kind of, she's been the one behind everything on the show. I think if that, that would to be the case, I think it would be a little ridiculous. And I think if it is, Unless they do it really well, I'm going to be really annoyed about that next week if that happens. But I doubt it. And I think the way they're going to go, which I wouldn't mind, but again, I, none of these two routes they're taking are really interest me, in that maybe she called up Batroc to kind of have him try, find out what the Flag Smashers are planning on doing and then help her, and then she can give it to Sam. So Sam and Bucky can take them on in next week's finale, which looking to be big and epic in all the right ways. So that's how, that's kind of what I took from it. And I think the second option is by far the more likely thing. But I feel like Batroc has been like, because the thing is, Batroc isn't even like a full-on villain, which is kind of the main reason I'm coming at this. Batroc in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, was hired by Nick Fury, if you don't remember, in that like great espionage plot we had for that movie. So just from that, right? He obviously was, you know, like, he always had enough honor to be hired. And then in the first episode of the season, I don't remember him doing anything extensively horrible. Uh, unless I'm remembering it all wrong, which I could, because that was four weeks ago. And we've had, like, four hours of television since then, or maybe even five hours, you could say. So there's, there's again, there's a few directions, and I hope that it does go the second option if they're going to actually do one of the things that I suggest, and it looks like, one of those two things will be happening here. So, but continuing on, obviously that's the end of the episode. Like I said, the final scene is Sam opening the case, and they figure out that they're planning something for New York. But the we get a mid-credit scene, and I guess what they're doing in the Disney Plus shows is that in the last third of the show, we're going to get end-credit scenes because for WandaVision, they started having end-credit scenes with episode seven. Episode seven and eight, nine was the last third. And episode five and six of this show is the last third of the series. So I guess that's what they're doing. So I guess for Loki, which I'm assuming has six episodes, I think they confirmed that, we're going to be having credit scenes for the last two episodes. I'm so excited for Loki, by the way. But it's still like under two. It's still like two months away. But this, this again, I, I love this episode. But getting into the mid-credit scene, maybe I should say end-credit scene. What we get here, it's not anything extensive, and I feel like, I don't know if it was worth me sticking through the end credits. It was very short. It was only like three minutes, considering it was like the shorter side of the credits. But what we get here is John Walker fabricating or making his shield. 
So in this scene, we have it basically first. Actually, when I heard the metal clanking, I thought of Tony Stark from Iron Man, but obviously it wasn't anything to do with that. We have John Walker making his shield, and it's clear now that before this he was Captain America, but now he's going to be taking on a new persona. And I feel like this is something that we've had coming. I didn't think they were going to get to it in the series. They have so much going on. Less of it was explored here, but it looks like he's making a new shield, and I. It looked like he was making it the same design, but I feel like when it's revealed next week, it will have a completely different color scheme. Because I think this is where we're getting into the part where he becomes, he truly becomes the U.S. agent, which is kind of who, a kind of like a new version of Captain America that, you know, comes in on comics, who is John Walker, by the way. So this isn't completely coming out of left field. But he's willing to go a little further than Steve Rogers. Not in doing good, but like in the lengths he's willing to go and, you know, how hardcore and how much of a killer he is. So, it will still be John Walker, but I guess they're making a persona for him so he can kind of stick around and be remembered for a longer time. So, I like that tease, but I, I still didn't feel like... I've had this problem with the WandaVision credit scenes, too, in that I don't feel like they are extremely... Ex like, their post-credit scenes that get me overly excited or anything but that's that's my opinion and i think that overall a little unnecessary maybe could have just been tacked on at the end but i like the scene and i think it teases some pretty cool stuff we could see in the finale so that's pretty much all for this week i really love this episode of the falcon winter soldier did you i hope you guys loved it as much as me and if you can let me know below the star rating if you can whether you enjoyed it thank you guys so much for listening i'll catch you all next time Bye bye